I've not done this before, so... Well, neither have I. So here we are at the... Here we are. Come on, you've, have you written notes? Um, on my phone I've got some questions, but... So what are we doing, Duncan? We're going to talk about prayer. Mm. The practice of prayer. If that's right with you. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the Apprentice Track podcast. The Apprentice Track is a year-long commitment for those who want to continue to learn what it means to be with Jesus, become like him and do the things he did in our own lives. We do this by committing to daily, weekly and monthly practices that centre our lives around following him. This podcast will feature both teachings from our monthly gatherings and different conversations digging deeper into understanding what it really means to be an apprentice of Jesus Christ. In this episode, we have the first of those conversations as I sit down with Johnny Hughes, lead pastor of Trinity Church Nottingham, and we have a look at what Bishop Paul called the heartbeat of discipleship, prayer. Let's get into the podcast. Who's in the room? I'm here with Pastor Johnny Hughes, teacher and visionary leader. <laughs> Trinity Church Nottingham and uh, I'm here with myself I'm Willow the dog and Willow hopefully won't interrupt us um, yeah we're going to talk about not necessarily the general concept of prayer that might be a bit too much but the practice of mm. prayer um, going to start off by asking you why is it important mm. Why do we pray? Yeah. Well, I think prayer is important because we were made to be to live in connection, communion with God, um, and that's what we do when we pray. We come back into alignment, come back into connection, into communion with God, and that is that's the natural state for which we were made and to which we're to return. So I think that's why prayer matters. So before it's about getting stuff from God, um, which is not a bad thing, but before it's about any of that, it's, yeah. it's just about sort of that alignment thing. That's good. So what's your story of mm. prayer? Where did it begin for you? What's it looked like? Mm. Take us back. Well, I think, I mean, the first thing to say is that I, I talk a good game, but I really struggle to pray in a way that prioritises alignment with God. Because I think, as I've shared before, I sort of like checklists and getting things done. I like disciplines, but can often forget the purpose of them. Yeah. So, for me, I mean, I think it's hard to hard to exactly remember, but I remember having a, I remember being at spring harvest as a kid four or five years of age and um having a, a just meeting with god having an experience of god and on the back of that um like i said this just a recent thing a recent apprentice track thing making my parents buy me a, a t-shirt which said i've quacked it now i'm a christian and had a little <laughs> picture of a, <laughs> a duckling breaking out of an egg and that was obviously a significant moment and then i think after that I don't remember any prayers. I do remember, even as a kid, though, just being aware of God. Yeah. I remember, I remember lying in 
bed as a kid and being aware of my own mortality my parents mortality and that really really struggling with that and I remember praying I remember speaking to God about it or maybe feeling quite alone but knowing that there was somebody else sort of uh, another somebody else involved um got involved in the source of iron new wine and all those things and and through that I think I learned like praying for people and a pattern of prayer that was like really expectant expecting people to be healed expecting yeah. people to encounter that holy spirit in a profound way a visible way expecting to be able to speak prophetically into their lives in a way that would change the way that their their whole lives was like the destiny of their entire life that was probably about 10 11 as i started to sort of engage with that kind of prayer and then i remember getting confirmed i remember being i can't remember it was 13 or 15 another funny one because I, I remember being at the front of church just like you know when you to get the giggles were you wearing your t-shirt i was wearing a the duck i wasn't i'd actually grown out that at that point i know what i was wearing i was wearing a very long jumper <laughs> um i can probably dig out the picture for you duncan if you'd like to but i remember um yeah one of those funny moments where you know you just i know i was still pretty young and uh, immature i mean i still am immature but i'm not less young but um the bishop kept getting my friend's name wrong his name was nick he kept calling him mick and i just couldn't hold it together so i was like laughing all the way through that but nonetheless it was a profound thing and i did feel something had happened and particularly that was when i began to pray and use scripture as as the core i guess the bedrock of my life of prayer which it's been ever since that's probably what i was think i was 13 maybe i was 15 but in any case, it's, it's 20 years or more ago. Yeah. And for that whole period of time now, the Bible's been a really, a really important part of it. I went to Australia on a gap year when I was about 17, and that's when I discovered journaling. I remember reading a book by Bill Hybels called Too Busy Not to Pray. And he basically said, everyone who's anyone who's done anything in the church or with God has journaled. So I thought, well, I'll do that then. <laughs> and I've done that ever since too. So I think those things... So. Praying for others, praying with expectation, in personal encounters with the Holy Spirit on my own, scripture, journaling, they've been right at the core of my life of prayer. Yeah. And in the midst of all of it, my, I mean, a significant times of struggling with faith, they've, they, I've actually kept on doing those, even, even in the time in my life at university where I didn't know if I really believed in God. In fact, I might have said I didn't. Yeah. I still journaled and I still, I still sort of, engage with the bible yeah. and it's interesting and then in your 20s and 30s has it mm. changed or does it look pretty much are yeah. those things still at play or is there anything else mm. that you've grown in in your prayer life well i mean it's 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 fashionable to say it but it, it is also true i think yeah there's probably more more silence than I would have, but honestly, I, I I still really struggle. I still do really struggle. I feel like I'm st I'm always having this revelation in my prayer life of oh, I should just spend more time in quiet. I feel like I have that every six months, and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I think I think I've had that before. <laughs> I just didn't do anything about it. Um, because my challenge, I'm, I'm I'm an activator, probably more kinesthetic in my approach to life. So I like walking, I like running. Um, I'll come to that in a minute. Consequently, sitting in quiet is, it's like a, you know, 
gargantuan effort for me. It takes real work. Mm. Um, and I'm learning it, but really slowly and very surely. Sorry, that's the Queen. She's just texting me again. Um, and, yeah, so I think, yeah, perhaps more silence. Um, I think praying with other people is something I really enjoy, so that mixed in. But I think, yeah, the big thing in the last couple of years has been has been walking and running, really. And allowing that and recognizing that as part of my life of prayer rather than something completely different. Yeah. Are there other examples of. Because we always have that image of half an hour in the morning. Yeah, the quiet time. Yeah. Sort of legs crossed mm. in a serene state. Yeah. yeah well, it was never a serene state in, in my house. I mean, it's, it's fighting for time with you know, screaming children and, you know, life, a dog. It's never serene. It's never like cross because I just don't have the flexibility for that. <laughs> but um, at the same time, I know that you have carved that out in yeah. your life in the midst of... Yeah, and I think, I think you can... I, I get the thing which says, you know, God is, God, is, God is always available. He's always present and we can engage him all the time. So true. And yeah, I've just read a book actually about this chap, Frank Laubach. It's a brilliant book. It's called it's Letters to a Modern Mystic, or Letters of a Modern Mystic. And it's five quid, so do grab it if you can. But really easy read. But the, the challenging thing is he's basically attempting for a whole year to stay connected to the presence of God every day, all the time. Now, it's a big aim and it's the biggest thing. And it's the greatest experiment of his life. And, he, and it's incredible to see how it, changes him and how it, he he has major major breakthroughs in his prayer life and begins to see this as the adventure of his whole life and that's what i'd want to say prayer is ultimately prayer is the adventure of a lifetime to quote coldplay that's really what it is our whole lives are actually supposed to be a discovery of god through prayer but he has this sort of recognition i guess he's a um, yeah, he is a modern mystic and he has this recognition that he really, really wants to pray all the time. But that does mean praying at a time, you know, yeah. and, and <laughs> I do really believe praying at a time or a, a set of times. And I know the bishop spoke about this, but is the best way to learn to pray all the time. Yeah. Um, so for me, the morning thing has become really helpful. Um, yeah. What would a normal sort of morning routine look like is journaling still a part of that or? yeah it is yeah but maybe less I, I lean on it slightly less it's part of the whole now so i i do something to sort of prepare me for god's presence i mean from I'm, i made some vows to sort of pray in a certain way a couple of years ago when i was ordained so i do i do the sort of church of england thing in the morning and then i read so there's a couple of prayers which get you into God's presence, and I read a psalm as part of that. I don't think it really matters what psalm it is, but that's helpful for me. Um, and then I read uh, read the the readings that the Church of England does. I mean, Amy does Bible in a Year. This is a new twenty four seven Lectio app, um, which is apparently great as well. But whatever it is, a bit of scripture, and that's when I'm now trying to say, okay, well I'm going to five between five and fifteen minutes of just quiet. Then, so I'm in God's presence. I've um, yeah. come into an awareness of his presence and then I'm just going to sit with him 
with no expectation or anticipation other than just to sit with him. And then out of that, that's when I journal. Okay. And that might be a that might bit, bit of an examine kind of thing where I'm looking back. Yeah. A friend of ours just talked, didn't he, the other day about doing the examine in the morning. So maybe that's that moment. Maybe it's the my, my intercessions, the thing I want to bring before God, people I'm praying for, things I want in my own life. Often, Duncan, and honestly, I'd say if there was one thing I do more than anything else in prayer, it's thank God. If there was one yeah. thing, it's be thankful. I just am so thankful to him. Mm. And I, I'm in my journals, honestly, are full of thanks, you know, for the life that he's given me, the opportunities that I have. And yeah, it's incredible. So I think, is that a, a discipline, a practice that you've intentionally gone after, or is that just maybe just I don't, natural? I don't know how it started, but I have just got so much to be thankful for. Yeah, I just uh, everything. I mean, I I'm not, I'm not trying to be cliche or trite, but I I could never have imagined the life that I have, like the richness of purpose and meaning, and I've tried it. I've tried life for a couple of years without God and it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. It was dreadful. Mm. And I don't have to do it like that anymore. And I've, you know, got, yeah, meaning, purpose, got his presence, which gives me meaning and purpose. Got this, yeah, I'm not going to start listing, counting my blessings. I just think all of us have those things. I just think, again, I think Thanksgiving is a foundational discipline. Yeah. It's like th everything else flows from it. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that in my journaling. I'm spending probably less time doing that. I'm not good at intercession. I think that's the thing I really struggle with. And I, I don't know how to do that well whilst also doing the sort of more contemplative stuff. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of strands Yeah. to try and balance Yeah. all in. Mm-hmm half an hour before you've right birth and if this becomes and then this, sorry to interrupt you there Duncan but if this becomes this is my whole thing at the moment my hobby horse one of my many hobby horses but if this becomes this whole focus on spiritual disciplines and practices it's brilliant I'm so in but if it just becomes like an attempt to have the perfect spiritual life then it's what's the point then it's exactly it's entirely um, narcissistic at that point yeah. And I just wonder whether, it, you know, it, for me, there's always that temptation for this to become like another way for me to sort of actualize my ego or whatever, yeah. you know, sort of try and polish the... Completed it, mate. Yeah, exactly. Whereas it's got to be, like if, and, and so Amy's really good, so <clears throat> Amy, my wife, is very good at this because, you know, if if I come into my, when we're sat in my study, we're sat, you're sat in... Like it's that chair that I pray in. But if I come out of here and I'm not more patient with Amy, then she has said this before and she would say, Johnny, you're wasting your time in there. Yeah. And there's been times where I got so frustrated about the fact that I'm not free. I've got the kids. You know, I've, I've, I mean, this is crazy, but I've come in here, spent half an hour being distracted. One of my kids has come in and wanted to sit on my lap and my, I've, and my initial thinking was, oh, well, that's not, that's not part of this, is it? Yeah. And here it's like God is giving me this child yeah. who wants to come and sit on her father's lap while I sit. I mean, what on earth could be more <laughs> profound? And I'm like, no, that doesn't fit with my schedule. Yeah. 
meeting out with lots of people and pastoring people, what are some of the sort of pitfalls? We've touched on a couple. But are there any like traps that we fall into as young people in mm. in the UK at this time that come to mind? Or... Well, we mentioned perfectionism. Yeah. That's not everybody's struggle, but for some people that will be. Um, and I, I think, again, this is that, that's maybe why sort of language about the journey, the process is more helpful than language around the destination and the goal. Um, you know, we are, this is an adventure. Prayer is an adventure. An adventure, <clears throat> I don't know, Christmas, and I always think of Lord of the Rings at Christmas because that's when the first films came out, when, probably before any people listening to this were born. But, um, but I remember watching those films. Oh, the first one came out when I was in Australia about, well, again, about almost 20 years ago. And around Christmas, I think about it because of that. And those those are those are these journeys where there's massive steps forward and then major steps back, seemingly. And prayer is like that. You to have these revelations, you feel like you're yeah. like knocking on the door of heaven. <laughs> and then the next week, you're like, God's not even yeah. real. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> That's all part of it. That's the adventure of prayer. But if I see prayer as a destination, then I don't have a place for failure. Whereas actually in, in an adventure, failure's got a central place. Mm. It's part of it. Um, there is no failure in an adventure. There's just a, a new learning, a new sort of part of it. So perfection is a problem. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we do like, we do want to present a perfect image of, of what it is and, um, in lots of different ways, so that'd be one. I think I think laziness, distraction. Yeah. You know, previous generations have known what it is to pay the price. Mm. You know, you think about this is a number of generations ago now, but if people willing to sort of pay the price for a notion of freedom for a nation or whatever else to go to war or to and look, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not being a proponent of war or anything else. I'm just saying, you know, like what price do we don't, we don't, we're not so familiar with that, are we? I don't want to do it. I'm not trying to critique the culture either, but you know, the, the highest price I pay is about three quid for a latte, you know, really like the cut, what is, but the cost, Jesus says, you know, if you, you want to become my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose their life for my sake will find it. So what will it profit a person if they gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? What can a person give in return for their soul? There's this vision of like sacrifice for a greater goal. And I just think, yeah, f for those of us who are, yeah, the, the question is like, what are we willing to sacrifice? Yeah. And uh, would we be willing to sacrifice like a box set for three... You know, we, we binge box sets, don't we? We all do it. I, and I love it. That's great. Do that for a period, you know, and celebrate and thank God for it. But also, like, what, you know, those three hours, what if we got into the prayer room? Yeah. And I like, got some mates and she said, we're just going to put, we're going to press in mm -hmm. because we believe that the kingdom of God is at hand and we want to see Jesus move in our city. So we're just going to binge on God. Yeah. You know, it's so it's a distraction, options. We've got so many options for entertainment and options. And these things are good. They're gifts of God. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to say, you know, holding them in balance. And yeah. maybe those are a couple. What do you think? You, you're you young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think distraction is a big, big issue, particularly my generation. Um, I find myself trying to practice ten minutes of silence yeah. over Lent in the morning. That's good. And it was crazy how often I'd reach for my phone three minutes in. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but if we can't even focus on God for more than a few minutes, yeah, we're going to struggle to pray. So yeah, doing all we can to rid ourselves of those distractions, mm. slowly but surely, I think will lead to a richer prayer life for all of us. Do you think FOMO is still a thing? I remember I was a student pastor at church a few years ago and everything was about FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. And yeah. Sometimes I think that's, that's something that's a challenge for me or a barrier. Yeah. But I guess it's countering that with, you know, so for example, well, if I pray or what what you know, what am I missing out on on Twitter or you know um, what am I not learning about what am I um, what experience could I be having in this time and I think I guess it's like re for that the counter would be to say well actually if I'm in God's presence if I'm with God I'm in the place where all the action is happening like there's no more action happening than is happening in the life of God and prayer is like a time where I get into that. I think we can see it as inefficient use of time. Yeah, waste. Where yeah, that's right. Time is the ultimate thing of value, and mm. we need a, an output from what we put in, a tangible output. Yeah. But we don't really no. have that in the same way with prayer. So we, it's one of the first things to drop off if we get yeah a bit busy. But the benefits are accrued over decades, aren't they, in yeah. prayer? I mean, I just look at holy people and I look at people who know the scriptures and I look at people who are just deeply convinced of the character and goodness of God. And they're all people that have prayed. People who aren't anxious when they're older, who are really generous when they're in their, in their older years. I just think they're all people who just spent loads of time with God. Okay, so what advice um, would you give to someone who's, mm. by all intents and purposes, doing this stuff, but actually isn't finding it easy to connect? Mm. And is that finding it quite dry and um, <clears throat> wondering if it's actually yeah. a waste of time, really? Yeah. Um, is that something you can... Mm relate to at any points and what's helped, yeah, of course. What's, what's helped you in those well first of all don't moments. try too hard you know, read it there's a book called The Art of Pastoring by a guy called David Hansen he's one of these sort of really classical pastors really loves the um, the art oh, the book's called The Art of Pastoring so he's really into that and spends a lot of time fly fishing and spending time in God's presence in that way but he just says in the morning I just have 15 minutes so praise you, Pete Gregg, I think, said this, praise you can, not as you can't. Pray in a way that you can sustain. If that's five minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the morning. That's awkward. That's my wife there. If that's, if that's 15 minutes in the morning, start there. Like, begin there and, and go from there. And yeah, there's absolutely times where prayer's more difficult than others. I would simply say to that... Um, 
actually heard this this image used. You know that bit in the Bible where it says, "Draw near to God, He'll draw near to you." Yeah. And actually, someone talked about the image of um, like leaning in for a hug or a kiss with somebody. And there are times where God actually leans into us, and His presence is more available. We're more aware of Him being close to us. And then there are also times where it's le- He's less aware. We're less aware, and it's like He's leaned away. But in those times, what he's looking for is us to lean in. And that's all part of the life of prayer. So I would just simply say, if you're experiencing less of the presence, obvious presence of God, prayer is a bit more difficult. Consider the possibility that God is actually calling you to lean in. And rather than giving up and getting, you're building a theology around your disappointment, which a lot of people do very quickly. Oh, I I don't, it's not fluffy, etc. Therefore, God must not be real, or he must not be good. I see so many people just abandoning their theology of the goodness of God because God isn't giving them everything they want right then and there. Consider the possibility that along with a great tradition of the saints throughout history, you're being called deeper. And that this is actually God's invitation. He is there, but he's, as it were, 100 metres off, beckoning you forward and into the deeper things. I think sometimes that's the answer, but yes, praise you can, begin where you can. If a job's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Start, like, develop a, a theology or an understanding of imperfection and adventure, and then just get with a whole group of friends and share your difficulties and your struggles, as well as your joys and your celebrations. Yeah. yeah. There's that thing, Carol Dweck, who's a... Uh, uh, psychologist talks about a difference in a fixed mindset and a growth mindset yeah. Yeah. and the growth mindset is one that says I don't actually have all the answers but I'm willing to learn and a fixed mindset might be an expert or might be a, a novice but the fixed mindset says I'm, I'm too afraid to learn but with prayer I just think we can all say that we're all beginners let's just keep growing that's good a couple more questions yeah. um, any top tips you've mentioned like Walking, running. Yeah. Are there any just two or three things people can do? Yeah. Um, just to get them going, get a bit of momentum. Work within, yeah. Work within your work with the grain of your personality and your wiring. Yeah. Um, take every opportunity you have. Pray, pray every prayer kind of prayer imaginable. Pray for a parking space. Pete Greg's really good at reminding us to pray for little things like that because they build confidence, they build faith. Um, yeah, little and often, um, yeah, I think, yeah, and, and, and try and, yeah, I think just come back to that thing, is this is an adventure, I'm not going to nail it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It, but it, but it, let it be real, and I just pray, pray for your prayer life. Mm. Pray that God would give you the prayer life that He imagines you might have. Yeah, that's good. Ask Him, ask Him. And ultimately, it all. I think the whole thing comes down to hunger. I just see, I just see, hunger is just this thing. Under, I think it underlies all of all of everything when it comes to God. Mm. Just ask Him to make you hungry. Because if you're hungry, you will pray. Yeah. If you're hungry for God, you will pray. You will. You'll. You'll find. You'll pray. I mean, if if you, let's imagine that somebody, is um, 
for has fallen in love like that person is not not sitting down wondering how am i going to build disciplines to see this you know see this person the mm. object of my affection they're just like i don't care i'm going to i'm going to i will walk to their house at midnight on my hands and knees if it just means 30 seconds with them you know this is like that's that's i want to be like that with god yeah i want to be more passionate and hungry for him than ever and i think it just is the core of everything devotion and practice and all this discipline stuff it's great but it just flows from Mm. it flows from devotion it flows from heart it's good i don't think i've ever prayed for my prayer life yeah it'd be good wouldn't it yeah what does god actually yeah want my prayer life to look like i've never asked that question yeah just taken on lots of other stuff that i've heard but never actually gone to god with it right because you're creative you're you're unique he's made you unique so that you know i was talking to someone the other day about that one of the real challenges of the nhs this isn't about to get political this is about prayer in the last 20 years or more you know, as a, as a GP, you used to see everybody in the same family, right? People live more locally, and you'd see the grandparents, the the parents, and the children, and you'd see diseases running in families, and you'd be able to treat. In in a sense, you treat the not just the person but the family. You can just have this broader perspective. It's less and less possible. You're now you're now seeing. Um, you're not even just seeing a person. You're seeing because you don't see the same people again. Even you're seeing just a a, a person in a moment, and therefore the prescriptions that you give for those people are far more generalized you just oh here's a problem i'll treat it with this drug because that's the only moment you have 10 minutes with this person you can't find out history of their life or their family you can't do that but god can so when god looks at us and addresses us and looks at our prayer life he's not saying oh you're a bit like that other bloke who i was speaking to last week and while i told him fasting you know (laughs) no god's saying look you i've never made anyone else like you what what's going to bring you on in this season in intimacy with me? Oh, it's going to be this, or it's going to be that, or let's try a little bit of this. God's like a master chef. Yeah. He's not, you know, this isn't sort of to change the metaphor again. Paint by numbers. This is like God is an artist, and He wants to help us in that way. So all this stuff we're presenting people, even with the Apprentice track, we're just saying, look, these are some of the ingredients you can make a great meal with. But some of you are going to make a meal that tastes very, very different to others. Don't be obsessed with following the recipe, but get to the point where you say, look, what is this meal going to look like in my life? And just try some of these ingredients. Try them. Now's the time. Some of you guys, I mean, speaking now to the microphone, some of you guys are in your late teens, early 20s or whatever. Try these things now. Don't wait till your mid 30s to, to start experimenting because by the time you're in your 40s and 50s some of you are going to be experts in this stuff and you should be paul says to the church doesn't he um he says you guys should have moved on from drinking milk by now you know you and we shouldn't you shouldn't be 20 years into your faith life still dealing with the most basic questions of you know of faith get this stuff out of the way now Thank you.
pleasure. Good stuff. And I'm sure we'll talk about something else soon. Look forward to it. Cheers. Happy Christmas. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the Apprentice Track podcast. If you want to find out more about what we're doing, follow us on Instagram at The Apprentice Track or visit our website at www.youngerleadershipcollege.org.